talking about the creek, the creek talk, talking about the creek, the creek talk, talking about the creek, talking about Dawson's Creek. Welcome back to Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week we are recapping season three, episode 15, Crime and Punishment. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> when this scene opened up and she like we're at the wall i'm like oh it's the mural episode yeah. <laughs> so i couldn't remember as soon as i saw that like right at the opening i'm like oh okay this, that's this episode um like the more we got into it i was like oh i remember this stuff i remember this i remember what's happening i totally <laughs> remember because what happens in the next episode is like a direct effect of what happened in this episode. I just didn't remember this Craig Caulfield or what is what is his name? Caulfield. I think I think you were right. Caulfield I guy. don't know. The 30-year-old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fucking racist. Yeah, honestly, that's pretty much what was going through my head the entire time. I was literally like, said to a black man, I'm white and rich. I don't yeah. have any problems. Like he says that to a black man and he made a comment about the the post too why do i want to look at what did he say um some like dumb chinese symbol or something like that something like that i don't know but i was just like whoa this guy is borderline like i didn't notice it the first time that i watched borderline, it he's full-on racist yeah so the first time i watched it i don't i don't think i was like so focused on that and then this time when i was like really listening to what he was saying i was just like is this guy this guy's like low-key racist not just a spoiled you know rich kid who just feels like he's entitled and get away with anything this guy the way that he words things it's like i'm racist but like you can't call me flat out racist because i didn't actually say anything like it's just crazy i i don't know he was such a creep i was so ready for the 30 year old so this is not the first time that we've seen him in in an episode he was in a previous episode too because i remember saying why is there a 30 year old on set is trying to be passed as a school like how long has this guy been in high school for real he's like one of those characters that like uh cliff jensen or or um abby or chris wolf you know he's like one of those except he's really hated we really don't like this guy yeah he was in last week's episode the valentine's day massacre one it was his party and I felt like he was doing this on purpose to get back at Joey because Joey was kind of like nasty to him or kind of smart ass to him. At she was very sarcastic, but that's her personality. I feel like his uh, decision to destroy her mural, if it was against like her being a smart ass in the last episode, this was extreme. Yeah, this is like extreme butt hurt. So I don't I don't know what his deal was. Unless it was more of a racist thing than a Joey thing. I think it was both. Uh, Pacey and Dawson were both sort of like saying it was like a dumb prank. And then Pacey was like, no, it was targeted. And the guy was just a fucking disgusting creep. I mean, we don't even get it. We don't get a reason why he did it. No, he just didn't want it. He just felt like he wanted to do it. But how could you not take it personally when even Pacey says it like hers was the only one who was banned? Right, right. And it's either because he was fine with the other people or he just didn't like what the mural, what was on the mural. I don't know. But you know what? Now that you think about it, he makes a comment, um, something about her being like 
a girl i forget exactly what he said but he makes a comment about oh, I yeah i've written down i don't remember when we get to it i have it but yeah. i know what he's saying well whatever it was made me feel like it was like why do i care what some blah 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 girl whatever puts on the wall or thinks and i'm like she wasn't the only girl that did it so the fact that he's kind of making seem like she's the only one just makes me it's i feel like you're right i think it's pointed i just don't know what she could have done to really incite this kind of wrath yeah he was just bored and he's a creep and he's felt like he could do it without any consequences but i think maybe he liked her you think maybe he liked her sass and then because she basically just has no interest maybe he was just you know like a kindergartner no i think he probably felt like she was um she kind of made him look bad at his own party and i mean none of this is even in, in the episode but like she made him feel a certain way at his party and he wanted to get back at her so he did that to her mural and he's a racist well he didn't really have a lot of people around them right when he no but he's he's a narcissist he's got like a big ego so anybody that would say anything to him in front of anybody would be such a low blow to him you know so he's just yeah true i don't know this guy (laughs) i'm ready for him to oh wait he's expelled now never mind He's going to go for a 31st year because, you know, he's going to fail. He's not going to graduate again because I'm pretty sure he's at least 30. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, I didn't even look up the actor's name, but 12 years later and he still can't get out of you know high school. So <laughs> and all his like his minions, his like when... creepy minions who all have like this weird haircuts and stuff. Oh, my God. So the scene where Pacey, um, you know, addresses him in the cafeteria. Uh-huh. <laughs> And like, he's getting all serious. And this guy's like, who are you? And his two friends, like if you, when they pan to his friends, his friends are like, dude, do you not know who that is? <laughs> I know. And then the other guy, he even made like a fist kind of thing. Like he was like getting ready to fight. And basically yeah. was like, I don't fucking care about you. Yeah. Like all my attention is to this creep. Yeah. And the other two like looked at him like, yeah, like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> His name is Michael Haggerty. He played Matt Caulfield. Let's see if he's still acting. Well, he just had a birthday. His birthday is June 29th, 1971. So, so yeah. How old was he? <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was like uh, in 2000. He was like pushing 30. See? Called it. <laughs> just saying. I totally called it. The last thing he did was called Sergeant Will Gardner. Never even heard of it. You said he was born in 71? Yeah. And that was what, 2000 or 2001? No, what what year are we in right now? 2000? Yeah, 2000. I can't do mental math like this. So okay. he was 20. Yeah, he was 29. I said 30. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> I just did it by the math because I was born in 80 and he was, so yeah. he's nine years older than me. So in 1999, I was 19. So he had to be 10 years older than me and round it off. So yeah that works for you that worked for me that's how i do my math it all is about me <laughs> i do math like that too sometimes i'm like well you're this close to me and that's how many decades from there okay <laughs> plus these makes, decades here <laughs> makes the most sense to me so everything intends <laughs> i know um well before we get into the episode um let's do like a quick catch up because we never catch up on these anymore so like what's going on with you really (laughs) (laughs) 
is going on with me? I didn't prepare for this. I have to think. How could you not prepare for this, Jamie? Like, this is such a big part of our show. People want to know what we're up to, Jamie. They want to know things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I do this weekend? I feel like I did something. I feel like you were busy. Oh, I cleaned. No, I didn't go anywhere this weekend. I literally cleaned the house. (laughs) I I don't think I talked to you at all, but yeah. I cleaned. That's what I did. Terry went away, whatever. He went out and um, went on a motorcycle ride and... I really wanted to clean because this house, we haven't cleaned in a while because every weekend we've been doing stuff and I don't clean during the weeknights because I don't have time. So it ne- I needed to clean. And I'm like, listen, you go do what you want to do. I'll go for a motorcycle ride with you tomorrow if you want. I was like, but I have to clean this house. Like I, I, I have to now. This is, this is too much. It's been like a couple of weeks. Like this house needs to be vacuumed and dusted and like sanitized. <laughs> sometimes you get like that you're like yeah I really need like a good top to bottom and I did I did some laundry I turned on you know my stereo system and turned that shit up I was by myself the cats were chilling somewhere and I was cleaning I started one room I had a list because that's what I do I make lists (laughs) and I just I just kind of go on like this like I, I go into like this zone and you know but I can't sit down because as soon as you sit down, it's over. So you have to like just when you're in that zone, you just got to keep on going. Yeah. Room to room to room. <laughs> so that's what I did. I cleaned. I, it's I so funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm responsible. Because I have to be responsible. Nobody else is going to clean up for me. <laughs> it's so funny. So like Thursdays used to be my cleaning laundry day. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we've been working from home, Justin's only day off is Thursday. And I've been, it changed it to Wednesdays. My neighbor downstairs even said to me, it's on Thursday. (laughs) I go, oh my God. (laughs) And then, um, and then Becky even said to me, she goes, I can't get over that. You're not doing your laundry on Thursdays anymore or something like that. Sunday, I wasn't feeling good. So I didn't do much on Sunday, but. Shit, I don't remember what I did. I, I know I talked to my grandma, but I. Didn't, I, don't really, I didn't really have like a productive, I had a productive weekend, but I didn't really do anything like super productive. Like, um, oh, I, you know what I did? I went to the Goodwill on Saturday. I was cleaning, I got dressed and I went to the Goodwill. You know what I found? I found a Pyrex bowl, a vintage Pyrex bowl, which whenever I see Pyrex, I pick it up because I resell it. And it was one I had never seen before. So I grabbed it and I looked on eBay and it's worth like up to $80 just for one bowl. So I just have to see if I can find like the right buyer. I usually sell on Facebook Marketplace, though. I don't ship anything because I'm afraid it's going to break. But I could probably make out if I did it on eBay. But it's a really uh, different looking bowl. I was like shocked that I found it. Yeah, I love those days when I go to the Goodwill and I find certain things that I am shocked. You go there to find stuff and I go there to like unload I well, yeah, yeah. speaking of, I have to do that and get my luggage out because we're going away this weekend for the yeah. whole week. My birthday is on the second, so I'm excited about that. And um, I'll be 42. And our one year anniversary of the podcast was up and we did some giveaways. So we hope that you guys entered. We want to give back and have some fun with that. And, you know, we appreciate everybody that's still listening and, you know, supporting us. All that stuff. I've just been working. I said this week was going to fly by and it really has. I'm like ready to go away. I'm ready to just have a margarita, go on the beach and not worry about real life for the next like however many days I'm away. So I'm looking forward to it. 
And hopefully when I come back, I'll have some color. (laughs) I won't be so pale. I want to like go somewhere like away where it's quiet Mm -hmm. and just me, my laptop and my notebook and a book. Because I really want to write and I just haven't found the time to sit down and, you know, keep writing. And I've only recently started to read again because, you know, I haven't I haven't really been reading much this year. But I'm finally working through this other book and it's holding my attention. What's it called? Only a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Only a face a monster could love. (laughs) Only a monster. It's um it's interesting. I kind of was hoping it was gonna be a little bit darker. It's a young adult book, which is totally cool. I was hoping for a darker book. (laughs) It's still really good though. I just want monsters. I have a couple of books that maybe I'll reread instead because they're just a lot darker. I just want a darker book. Yeah. I'm still reading the Fear Street books. I'm currently reading one called Killer's Kiss. I try to read the ones that the Teen Creeps podcast um, recapped. Mm. Like, there's only like two or three left that I have to read and then I'll be all caught up with them. But I'm just like ripping through them and it's all random. It's not like I'm not going in the order that they were released. It's just all random. I love it. But um, they're so funny. <laughs> like they're so funny, and enjoying them. I I am like I really am. I read um today at the laundromat. I read um I read half the book, more than half the book, because it tells you how many pages you have left. I was like, oh my god, I'll finish this later when I'm like going to sleep. But some of them are like hard to get through because they're like some of them can be super boring and drawn out. But I like the ones that I ripped through. And it just reminds me of being in my bed as a little kid, as like a little kid, as when I was younger, reading these and just like getting excited every week when a new one would come out. Because I would call the bookstore like every, it was like the first Tuesday of every month, the new books would be released. And we had this place called the Bazaar up here. And it was just like this big, building that had all these like stores in it and they had this like little bookstore and I would always get my books there and the lady always knew it was me when I called I would be like um I want to reserve my copy of Fear Street by Arl Stein the best friend and she would be like all right I got it for you and then I'd come in and she'd like wait on me but I was like so excited to get them and I always called <laughs> I was like mom we have to go to the bazaar I got I gotta get my book <laughs> um but I love no. it I love it. I know. I'm just getting like nostalgic and I'm getting excited for fall. I'm like looking forward to fall happening and I'm looking forward to the fall, but at the same time, I'm not ready for the summer to be over. Time's going by too fast and it's slipping. It's slipping away. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. <laughs> we could be on we could be on that fucking show glee where we just break in the <laughs> we should do it when we're in work together when we're back in the office at the same time we should just do it and see if anybody joins in <laughs> yeah when i was, like uh, shut the fuck up <laughs> when i was in the when i was in the contact center uh, i would just break out in song all the time you know <laughs> oh my god i don't care when me and Amanda, when me and Amanda sat next to each other, she would always, um, she, we, we, would, we would do waiver of subrogations, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a song that she would sing and I would go, it sounded like subrogation. And I would go, 
waiver of subrogation. <laughs> Every time he would do it. <laughs> and then I would always sing, um, I want to know what love is. And she would sing the rest of it. Because he sat so Yeah, it was so funny. Because we, we sat so close together. And yeah. then we would do planks together because we were like, like nobody else was in our section. So we would, I'd be like, Amanda, you want to do some planks? And we would just get down and do planks between chats and stuff. <laughs> and people would walk by and be like, what are they doing? I didn't fucking. Weirdos. Never, I never cared. I just would. Oh, man. Oh, those Funny. are days. All right. Well, I'm glad that we both had great weekends and we were so yeah. productive. So um, I think we should just get into this episode. What do you think, Jamie? Let's do it. All right. Let's break it down. We are recapping season three, episode 15, Crime and Punishment. It aired February 9th, 2000, directed by Joe Napolitano and written by Gina Fattore, who I actually... Um, commented on her one of her instagram posts and i said something about like how i never know how to pronounce her name whenever i'm saying like she wrote the episode mm-hmm. she responded back to me i forget what she said though i think she was just like oh it's you know either or <laughs> she she seems so laid back <laughs> i don't care what you call me yeah she didn't care I'm glad you're calling me she seems funny i wonder if she would come on our podcast <laughs> Yeah, we can put it in the universe. Let's see if she wants to come on. Just put it out there in the universe. So we open in Capeside High and we see Joey. She's wearing earphones. So she's listening to her Walkman or CD Walkman. I'm assuming. It was probably a CD player. Yeah. I mean, it could have been. It could have been a Walkman with a radio. Those were still around then. But I think that's when we were just starting to get into CDs, right? Yeah. So... (laughs) Compact disc. <laughs> I just assumed it was a CD player, yeah. Yeah. And she's doing something that I think she thinks she loves, which is painting. <laughs> Joey's not so sure anymore, but she's painting a mural on the school wall. I think she likes painting. I just don't think it's going to be like a like a passion the way that she was hoping it was going to be. Yeah. I like painting. I'm not going to make a career out of it. Jamie, I could have painted the thing that she painted on this wall, to be honest with you. Like, I've painted random things. Like, I have things that I've painted and I have them hanging up. They're not fucking works of art. But, like, I could have painted that mural. (laughs) She put up. And later in the episode, she's like, that took me a month to conceive and execute and get it done. And I was like, that took you a month? (laughs) For real? I mean, compared to the other murals, the one of the white of the lighthouse, I was like... I know. I was a very talented high schooler. <laughs> I know. She like had people it was, in the thing too. It was amazing. It's amazing piece. <laughs> and I'm over here experimenting with like mixing paints to get like the swirly effect. <laughs> Just... <laughs> so you could have totally made that mural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um I like Joey's mural though. Yeah, I liked it too. I liked it. Um, this song that's playing in the background, these are the lyrics. I wrote them down. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think it's one of the, um, like, you know, fake songs that they added in. Right. It went, white is white and black is black. There's no need to explain. And that is that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that's Left terrible. foot, right foot, big foot, small foot. <laughs> <laughs> Red fish, blue fish, one fish, two fish. <laughs> 
pretty That's much what it sounds like to me <laughs> it's literally a paint by numbers song they wrote <laughs> i can't remember the melody of it though otherwise i would sing it but that was if this is a real song we apologize sort of <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to find out if it is oh my god wait i'm gonna find out because it might be on the website i follow hold on it'll be like white is white black is black by so and so I feel like that's just a terrible title. <laughs> We're just going to call it Dr. Seuss Ripoff. <laughs> oh, here we go. Dawson's Creek Music Guide. God, remember Escape from Witch Mountain? That was a terrible episode. <laughs> yeah. It's called Something I Can't Be by Kirsten Prophet. Did you no, hear wait, it? Is, is it a real song? Yeah. It's called so Something the, I Can't Be. Yes. The song is called Something I Can't Be by Kirsten Prophet. <laughs> so in case anybody wants to download that, go go for it. I'm sure you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kirsten. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Your song is a hit. <laughs> um, <laughs> to some people. So we see that Joey is touching up this mural that she's painting and she turns around and she sees Pacey standing there. And I wrote down that he's wearing this windbreaker slash jacket that I really wanted. And Joey says, I don't recall requesting the pleasure of your company, Pacey. And she's got like pigtails in and she's got like a scarf on her head. She's in like full on painting gear. You know, she looks cute. Yeah. By the way, I love windbreakers. I still have one. They're fantastic. I used to have so many when I was younger. I mean, yeah, well, they were huge. I still have, yeah. I still have them. That's how great they are. And they're warm. <laughs> like they're always warm. And then they like repel the rain. So like you can go outside and, you know, not worry about getting drenched and ruining your, I love windbreakers. They should be popular again. Bring back the windbreakers. Well, I'm sure they are. Everything old is new again. <sighs> Just, you know, leave the mullets in the past. Okay, guys? That needs to stay in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes mullets. I can't do it. I hate mullets so much. I hate them. <laughs> they make me cringe. I cringe. <laughs> Business in the front. Party in the back. Who came up with this? Who invented the mullet? Know. I didn't know you felt so strongly about mullets. I feel very strongly. They <laughs> bother the shit out of me. I just want to go up and cut people's hair when I see them. I'm like, no, this tail has true. got to go. <laughs> I want to what cut is their hair. happening here? <laughs> Shaving your head while you're asleep. <laughs> I'll find out where you live. Traumatized and haunted until it happens. No, you're going to be like the fisherman from I Know What You Did Last Summer with Sarah Michelle Keller <laughs> when he cut her hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll hide in your closet until you go to sleep. And then I'll cut your hair and then it'll be all over the bed when you wake up in the morning. She can scream in the mirror. Oh my God. Yeah. And break the glass with her fist. She's very angry. <laughs> Pacey says that he's there to revere the artist and he hopes that some of her genius rubs off on him. Like her vagina <laughs> rubs off on him. And Joey says, you got kicked out of your house again? And he says, not exactly. It's more like they're filming a Lifetime original movie in my living room. She asks which one of his sisters is in complete and utter distress. And I thought it was cute because she's up on this like, um, what are they called? Like she's on this thing that helps her paint. It's like a ladder. That's it. A scaffolding. (laughs) I could not think of it. Jamie with the words. Jamie (laughs) with the words. (laughs) 
but she yeah. like holds out her hand and he helps her down like she's yeah, always really doing that with him yeah 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 she likes him she didn't even re- realize it yet no she realizes it by the end of the episode i was like she she knows what's happening i think so so then pacey says that it's his numero uno sister and she's like fighting with her husband and she brought her screaming children to live back at the house so joey says so i finally got my own room and you're exiled to sofa city ouch (laughs) and he says my sentiments exactly she says well what do you think about my mural we just see that that it's like an asian symbol we don't really know what it what it means yet and pacey says well is it done and she says yes it's done and he says, I thought Principal Green commissioned murals exemplifying school spirit and unity. And she says, he did. So now it gets like a little awkward. And Pacey tells her that this looks like something you'd find tattooed on Kwai Chang Kane's head. And I had to look up who that was. It's a fictional TV character from the TV show Kung Fu oh, from, okay. from the 1970s. So like, unless Pacey was watching reruns of this as a kid, like, I don't know how he would know this. So... Well, we're, we're talking about him being best friends with Dawson, so it wouldn't put it past me if it's something that he did watch with Dawson at one point. Okay, well, we can accept that. Oh, good. So, so she says, you don't like it. And he says, I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm sure the rest of the murals will be more traditional. And Joey says, like football players and lighthouses? What do they exactly say about the high school experience? And Pacey says that this is the USA. When we have art in a public area, we want them to be as subtle as Godzilla. She says, don't you think art can give us power to bring people together? And Pacey says, yeah, absolutely. In museums. (laughs) She says, that's what I like about you, Pacey. You go so deep. And he says, thanks. And then they look over at the mural again. And we get the opening credits. It's another opening scene with the two of them that just ends on such a flat note, though. I don't get it. They were being so cute and funny. And then all of a sudden they were like, we got to get onto the show. Like, let's end it here. I felt like they missed an opportunity for like, I don't know, like a funny, another funny comeback. Cause that wasn't that funny to me. I don't know. That's what I like about you, Pacey. You go so deep. And he's like, thanks. No, no, it's like, I don't want to wait. So we're back at Capeside High. It's the next day. We see Dawson walking down the busy hall and he goes to sneak a peek at Joey's mural, which is all covered up and taped up. So Joey comes over and stops him. She's like, no peeking. And he's like, don't I get a preview? She says, no. And he says, why not? Pacey did. And she says, the unveiling is a crucial part to any new work. And she wants them to have the complete experience. And he says he's okay with that. So then she asks him if Pacey told him what it was. And he says, No. She says, that's a lot coming from the world's most discriminating art critic. And Dawson says, well, he knows what he likes. And I said, yep, he sure does. So then Joey says, Pacey's favorite portrait is a black velvet painting of the baby Elvis. (laughs) And I was like, what? What the fuck is that? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) A black velvet painting of the baby Elvis. (laughs) So he goes to peek again and she stops him. And he asks her how her speech is going. And she says... Shouldn't the art speak for itself? And Dawson reminds her that the PTA and the public school board let her paint something that they expect a poignant ceremony in return. And she asks him if he'll be there. And he says, of course. I mean, if you want me there. And she says, no, I want you there. She says she wants him to tell her the truth, even if he hates it. And he's like, what makes you think that I would hate it? And she just shrugs it off. And he says, it's like pulling down the curtain. And she says, it's going to be like they're all looking at my soul. 
So now we're in a disciplinary meeting and we see that it's Matt Caulfield from the previous episode and Andy and Principal Green and a couple of other people are, um, you know, going to give him his punishment. She's on the disciplinary committee. And we hear Andy say, there's nothing funny about cheating, Matt. And Matt's I laughed. Like, I, know. I laughed as soon as she said, I'm like, you should talk. This whole episode with her was so overdramatic. I mean, when, when we get to her scenes, I was like, just shut up, Andy. Nobody has to know. <laughs> like, I mean, I understand the, the guilt that she was probably living with. So I can understand her kind of coming to an emotional head with this. But I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot all about her plot in this oh episode God. until it was happening. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like The first time that I watched this, it was Pacey and Joey heavy. To me, it was all about you know, the mural and the, the issue that happens with the mural and how Pacey reacts and how Dawson's fucking blind. Did you notice that somebody else her. wasn't in this episode? Jen. We didn't see Jen. Yeah, there was no Jen. I didn't realize it until the scene where Joey's unveiling her painting. She was and we saw unveiling. Yeah, we saw everybody wait like in the um, crowd and I go, oh, Jen's not in this episode. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was up with that, but it's okay. This is like um, the second episode. I feel like she's not been in for this season. It's weird. I, I don't know why. I wonder if she was filming something. Maybe she might have been. I completely really? forgot about Andy's plot this episode so as it was occurring like once i got to that point i was like oh yeah but like this entire scene right here where it got brought up and i was just laughing because i was like i I can't believe that you just you know wanted to pass judgment when you know you should talk and then it made sense why it got brought up because then she really started feeling guilty especially when she gets that um that honorary whatever scholarship or something or the grant the grant or whatever it was yeah she's like i have to do this (gasps) I should be expelled. And Principal Green's like, give me that. If I'm the what, what was it, the top fifty or top five? Was it the top fifty or the top? No, it was like top fifty. It was like the top fifty percent or something. Top. That's what he said. I think I don't remember something like that because he said there was like three hundred students or something like that out of the whole country. Yeah, that's what it was. It was something with something like that. I don't know. <laughs> She's like. I have to tell you something. I'm going to write it in a letter and tell you. I'm going to write it and then I'll just sit here while you read it. I know. It's so awkward. While she's I like cry. crying. Oh my God. And she, she boxes up her locker. She's got like she red it on dice. beforehand, which I thought was kind of funny. She didn't even wait until she got the verdict. So now she's got to bring everything back in. Yeah. <laughs> just made extra work for yourself because you're being so dramatic. Um, she took down even, the barefoot in the park uh, yeah. thing that she made. She's like crying over it. Even um, the last thing I'll ever make. <laughs> Even Jack was like, why are you being so extra about this for some <laughs> test that has the word practice in front of it? I know. He's like, Andy, just don't do this. Like, you're going to look like an idiot. I have now, to, Jack. We are not condoning cheating. And it's a very bad thing. Uh, don't cheat in any way if you're a youngster who's still in school and studying. Yes, I, I don't think I don't think there's any high schoolers listening to if, but No, but you know what? We have parents who have kids and if they're letting their kids listen to our show, kids stay in school and study and don't cheat. It's naughty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sister Jamie. <laughs> That's my uh, PSA for, for the day. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Matt says he did what any self-respecting kid would do. He called his mom for the answer. Oh, I guess he was taking a test and he called his mom for an answer or something. I don't fucking know. So So weird. Can I phone a friend? What is this? Jeopardy? No. What's that show where you call a friend? What was that? Who wants to be a millionaire? That's what it was. Do you know how long ago? (laughs) I haven't seen it. I know. I haven't watched it. Do they even still make that show? I don't even know. I don't know. They even still around. Phone a friend. (laughs) And we would always make jokes like, can I just phone a friend? Yeah. Not phone a friend. This is a test. (laughs) And then it would always be like, you get to a certain point and you can you can risk it all or keep going. Can I ask the audience, please? Take <laughs> your stylus. Put your answer in. Let's see if the audience is smarter than you. <laughs> I used to get so annoyed when they would answer wrong and they were so confident. And I'd be like, that's not the right answer. You just lost like a million dollars. I used to get like that when it was like a stupid question that even I knew the answer to. Yeah. And they were just like, like the pop culture ones they would do. And I'm yeah. like, how do you not know this? What rock do you live under? Yeah. I even know this answer and we're talking about me. So. Yeah. I used to get like that too. But anyways. So Andy says that you claim your mom didn't know the answer either. So how did you get a perfect score? And he says that he guessed. So Andy says that she would recommend a failing grade on the work in question and a three hour detention. And Matt says, you might as well bust my kneecaps while you're at it. So then Principal Green basically overrides Andy's punishment and lets Matt go. So he leaves and then so do all like 30 of his friends that were like sitting behind him. It was so weird. And did you notice that one of his friends was wearing the same sweater that Dawson wore on the Thanksgiving episode? No. I did. <laughs> That's always something you would notice. You always notice their clothes. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clothes were like the last thing. They could wear like the same thing every episode and I would never notice. I would be like, wait, I already saw I focus on. I don't focus on that. <laughs> so now we're at the end of their committee meeting and Principal Green stops to talk to Andy. And he tells her that he was contacted by the national testing system and her PSAT score was placed, uh, placed her in the top 50,000 in the country. I knew there was something within it. If if a five in there. Yeah. 50. Okay. So he tells her that she's eligible for a national merit scholarship and she just makes a face like she's not really thrilled because she knows that she didn't earn it the right way. And he's like, are you all right? You look stunned. (laughs) And he's like, she's like, yeah that's exactly what it is i'm stunned principal green i have to drop out of this whole thing i can't do this she's so fucking hard on herself i know so we get our next scene it's pacey dropping in on deputy doug in his like humongous apartment that i want to live in (laughs) um i'm so confused by his apartment because his doors are not normal doors those are like doors that you would find that separate the entryway of your house to like your living room what do you mean i don't know what you're talking about every time i see the inside of his apartment i'm like okay so obviously this isn't an apartment building or something that he's in this is like a house where they've sectioned off you know areas to make into like apartments i guess that just happen to have a kitchen in it i don't know but it's just not like a normal i don't know once again with the blueprints we need the blueprints i can't with these blueprints they drive me crazy i like the big window that they had in his bedroom though in his bedroom yeah i do like his like apartment i didn't like his furniture though i didn't like any of his furniture 
And all of the um, posters that he had hanging up of all like the theater shows, the Broadway shows. Yeah. I was like, wow, they're really telling us that he's a homosexual. <laughs> they really are. And the way he was so just like how anal he was about everything. Telling, like, oh, yeah. They, like every time we see him now, there's like another hint that yeah. he's definitely lying to himself. Okay. So they're like French doors, I guess. This is probably the closest that I can find to it. it would be these glass French doors but he just had like curtains over them. <laughs> Wait, so they were the doors that Pacey was knocking on to come in? Yeah, they were. Yeah, but they're not like real doors. I <laughs> I have to go back and look at it. I don't know how to describe it. This is just my like my take on it. Like I just felt like he was in like this like a more like a Victorian home where when you first walk in, it's like a big room and the steps right in front of you. And then there's usually living rooms off to either side, right? Or some kind of living space. And but they're always separated by these like french glass doors okay it's like they took one of those that side of the house put on some curtains and a lock on the french doors and then inserted a kitchen in the corner <laughs> like that. i understand what you're saying <laughs> it's like they converted uh, like an older victorian larger home into like smaller apartments that's what i'm getting at but i no, I, I get it that's what every time i see his apartment is as cute as it is like it's really cool um especially the bedroom i just don't take it as an apartment it's like he's renting a section of somebody's house <laughs> and just has locks on the the you know the french doors that separate him from the rest of the well room. it would still technically still be considered an apartment i guess especially if there's a kitchen right <laughs> it's just not in a traditional sense i don't, I don't... <laughs> all because of the doors <laughs> all because of the doors in the entryway like if you ever look at it it's too homey compared to like apartment buildings that i've lived in were more building like this is like you're walking into a house or a and b and you're banging a left and knocking on the the french doors to the office because somebody actually lives in <laughs> right so doug is literally trying to push pacey out of his apartment and Pacey's trying to like move in because his parents kicked him out because of his sister coming back. And Pacey says his no neck nieces or the no neck monsters or whatever. Yeah. And Doug's I don't like, think that he got kicked out. He kicked himself out because his room got overtaken by his cousins or nieces or nephews or monsters. No, I think they told him to go live with his brother. He really, I, he I thought it. he, perp- I thought he went to, to his brother so that he could leave the house because he had no privacy. No, well, his dad gives him um, a check to give Doug. Uh, for taking him in. Yeah. He makes a joke of it and says it's a security deposit. So I'm not going to lie. The entire time they're having this conversation, I'm vaguely aware of what's going on because I was too busy sightseeing <laughs> the apartment. I know. I was trying to catch glimpses of what kind of CDs he had on the wall and like the posters. Eva and the like, collection. Yeah, like all of this stuff. I was more focused on the items inside of Doug's, you know, apartment than I was the conversation. Doug tells him that the last time that he was there, he left water rings on his deco coffee table and... I have to agree with Doug. I hate water rings on my stuff. Uh, yeah, there's coasters for a reason. And if you don't have coasters, use a damn napkin, okay? It can bubble up the wood. It, uh, just, it stains uh, it. It stains it, too. It can stain it. I hate it. Yeah, I can't stand water rings. Ugh. So he gives his brother a pot of something that their mother made. And 
he pushes himself past Doug and he tells him that he's moving in, that their dad even wrote out a security deposit in case he breaks a stereo or something. So Doug's not having it. And he says, this isn't party of five, <laughs> which would have been a show that they were in, um, like competing with at the time, mm. which was funny. So Pacey tells him that he's got this whole bachelor pad to himself with the nice lighting and fancy window dressings and all the other trappings of the modern, extremely closeted homosexual male. (laughs) And Pacey tells him that he doesn't even have a room for himself anymore, that their sister Carrie left her husband Jerry and moved back home with their no-neck monsters. And Pacey keeps touching everything and Doug keeps going back and reorganizing it because he's so OCD. And I felt really connected to Doug in that moment because i have the same problem (laughs) and um pacey's like begging him to let him stay there and doug says if you're gonna stay here then there's gonna be some rules and he says never eat their mother's food he says something like mom thinks iceberg lettuce is hot cuisine uh he says use a coaster at all times a coaster is your best friend yes yes and yes And he says, and keep the CD collection in alphabetical order by last name. And Pacey says that he understands, but he doesn't see himself dipping into his diva collection anytime soon. (laughs) And Doug says, you'd be surprised at how much a tortured and passionate female voice can soothe an achy, breaky heart. And Pacey's like, break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Now that brings you back to my thought of that song. Because if you break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. All right, I'm done. Well, you know, it was even more crazy when we found out Miley Cyrus was the daughter of Billy Ray Cyrus. (laughs) Yeah. People were like, her father sang Achy Breaky Heart. (laughs) (laughs) Really? So Pacey says that his heart is just fine. Just chalk it up to some drunken rambling. And Doug says he won't have any of that on his watch and no moping around like a lovesick puppy. And he says, by the way, are you any good at decoupage? And Pacey's like, oh, God, help me. (laughs) And I was like, I don't even know what decoupage is. Really? Yeah. It's like using it's like using um, colored tissue paper and glue on items. So now we're at the Potter B&B and Joey's getting ready to go unveil her mural. And we get an appearance by Bodie. And Bessie wants to take pictures because she's so proud of Joey. So they're having this conversation about how Bessie hated high school when she was a teenager. But Bessie says she's glad it's not like that for Joey. She's talented and everybody at that school knows it. They've known it for years. And Joey Potter is a force to be reckoned with. And then Joey does this face where she goes like this. <laughs> she looks like a turtle. <laughs> she likes It's a nice compliment to get though. So she can be a little shy about it. They're like, hurry up, get the camera in on her face. Get it in quick before her head sinks totally into her body. <laughs> <laughs> turtle, turtle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she is. We should say that every time she does that. Turtle, turtle. turtle. She's turtling. She's turtling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, sheesh. So now we cut to Cape Side High again. We see that another student is giving her explanation or explaining her mural, which is a lighthouse. Everybody's rolling their eyes. They like could care less about what she's saying. We get to Joey's turn and she gives her speech. We cut to Pacey and he, we see him smiling like super hard. She says that Principal Green wanted something that unifies us as a school. And if you think about it, 
nothing really unifies us. Even our mascot is the vice of the Minuteman. Right there, you've already alienated half the school population. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. She says all this stuff, whatever. And then she says that the symbol on her painting, which isn't a Chinese symbol, it's possibility. She says, I painted it because I thought we could all use a daily reminder that if you believe in yourself, even when the odds seem stacked against you, anything is possible. And she goes like this. So I hope you like it. Anything is possible if you just believe. I just, I hope you like it. (laughs) So then Principal Green goes to unveil the mural and shocker. It's been vandalized. Somebody like painted black all over it. I was like, there's somebody who either does not like Asians or they're just a fucking asshole. I mean, clearly we know who it was. They hate any race besides the white race. So then Joey gets upset and she runs off and we see Dawson and Pacey both run after her. And Dawson says that it was just like a prank. (laughs) And Pacey's just like, no, clearly somebody doesn't like you. And she's like crying. Joey's like, that's what I get for answering the call to public service, public humiliation. And Dawson's like, nobody's humiliated except for the person who did this. She's like, well, it felt humiliating to meet Dawson. So then Dawson tells her not to turn this into a personal attack. He says it was just a silly prank. I was like, that's not a silly prank. It was so mean. I would have taken it personally. Yeah. Even when Pacey comes out and he says, you know, there were three other murals and yours was the one that got touched. I would be like, yeah, you're right, actually. But Dawson doesn't want to listen to that. He's like, so? And Pacey's like, either someone didn't like what Joey was saying or someone just didn't like Joey. And Dawson says that your logic leaves a lot to be desired. I was like, shut up, Dawson. Like, can't you just like come together and sort of just like figure this out? Pacey tells her that who knows what line she may have crossed without even knowing it. And Dawson says, paranoid much? And Pacey says, you don't think there's somebody out there who hates Joey just for being Joey? Who hates the way she talks, the way she dresses, the way she chews on her lower lip? And she goes, I don't chew on my lower lip. (laughs) And he like caught himself. Yeah. (laughs) And Pacey's like, does anybody come to mind? And Joey says, why? So we can all gang up on him and call him dirty names? So she tells them both to just stay out of it. And Dawson says, it was an act of vandalism, pure and simple. Some idiot trying to rage against the machine. And she calls them both Heckle and Jekyll. And she says, this is exactly what a girl needs in the middle of an existential crisis. This is not helping. And she says, thanks, but no thanks. And then she just walks away. Basie's like, should we go after her? And Dawson says, just let her go. So now we're with Andy and Jack and they're in their kitchen, which is their, they're in the kitchen that they were in last season, which confused me. I was confused too. Yeah. The episode Didn't where- they sell that house? <laughs> yeah. I thought they had a whole, a totally different house. I don't know. Because the episode that Joey was over where they were making spaghetti in that episode, Mm -hmm. the one where she cried wolf, it was a totally different kitchen. Yeah, I don't know what's happening there. Unless it was a different angle, but no, I thought it was totally different. It looked just like the kitchen that um, she was talking to her dead brother Uh when he walked in. So it's definitely the kitchen from the original house. I don't know what the hell happened, but we noticed it. Yeah. (laughs) Notice it because, I mean, are we crazy? (laughs) Yeah. Did anybody else notice that? (laughs) they're back in their old house so andy asks jack how joey is and jack says that she's pretty broken up about everything and he says but they'll catch the guy and you can have the last laugh and she says that she's thinking about quitting her position on the dc board so then jack says that he's shocked 
that it's not like her to bail on a commitment. And she says, well, a lot of things aren't like her, but I've done them anyway. And I've read they're having spaghetti again. <laughs> She's like, Jack, can you go set the table while I make the spaghetti that we eat all the time? That salad looked really good, though, that she was making. <laughs> so now we cut to Dawson. He's at Joey's. And she says that she's basically ready for a lecture from him. And he says, no lectures, but he's sorry for what happened today. She says the whole thing was lame anyway, as if painting a wall would have made any difference. And he tells her to repaint the mural tonight. Surprise that bastard when he shows up tomorrow. And she says, I don't think so. I'd rather shove red hot needles underneath my toenails. And he says, you're going to let a stupid high school prank keep you from finishing something you obviously care about. She says she finished it. It's not her fault that not everybody got a chance to see it. And he says that he can't believe she's being defeated. She says, newsflash Dawson, I'm not always going to be your plucky little Joey Potter. Sometimes I'll be depressed. And he tells her that it's not about demeanor. It's about not being a victim. So she tells him that it took her a month to conceive it and execute it. And he can't expect her to just go start over. And he says, why not? And she says, for the same reason you haven't shot a roll of film since January. (laughs) Burn. Isn't it funny that they're talking to each other like, just go paint your mural over. And and she's like, I can't. Why don't you go shoot a roll of film, Dawson? Like, it's so funny to me. Like, like, it's their careers or something. I don't know. I know. (laughs) Like, they're high school students. (laughs) I, I totally get it, though. And he tells her that it's completely different. He chose to quit filmmaking. It was a personal decision. Like, he's always constantly telling people that. And she says, oh, it had nothing to do with the fact that it was poorly received at the festival. And he says, no. And she says, well, how convenient for you. And she goes into her whole poor Joey Potter mode. And she tells him that he has all of these choices that he just takes for granted. Your life, Dawson. Remember <laughs> in the first episode. <laughs> and he's like, Joey, what, like, what are you talking about? And she's like, nothing penetrates with you, Dawson. You're so far removed from reality. You can't even see what's right in front of you. And he's like, what are you talking about? Your life. It's a freaking fairy tale and you don't even know it. <laughs> You just, want, you just want conflict for that script you're writing. Stop living in the movies. Grow up. Perfect. And the Academy Award goes to Stephen Cavis from Creek Talk Podcast. Oh my God. I just, it's always stuck in my head, Jamie. What can I say? It's always stuck in my head. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she tells him that he's got all these choices that he just takes for granted. One day you're a filmmaker and the next day you're not. And tomorrow you could wake up and decide you wanted to be a sculptor. But then again, no. <laughs> and you wanted to just backpack through Europe or climb Mount Everest and you can do that. So then Dawson's like, why can't you do that? And she says, I can't afford to waste the time and find myself to be artistic or reject reality and go off and chase my pipe dreams because that's not my life. That's your life. And he tells her that he thinks that she's relieved that someone painted over her mural so she didn't have to go through the hard part and show it to the world. She never had to decide for herself how good or talented she really is. And she's like, oh, right, Dawson. Like, that's really what it's about. Uh Uh-huh. He says that he has the keys to the school and he leaves them on the counter and he says, go do what you want with them because, you know, he wants her to go like repaint the mural or whatever. And he literally like he leaves and he literally starts skipping through the house to get out. And he almost walks into a beam. (laughs) I was like, what was that for? What a choice. So now we're with Pacey and he's talking to two guys in the lunch line about the mural. 
and he's taking bets as to who did it. And both the boys say it was Matt Caulfield. So then Pacey goes and sees um, Matt sitting at his lunch table. So then Pacey confronts Matt and he says it was pretty classic, but he wishes that he could take credit for it. And Pacey says, not everyone thinks it's funny. And Matt says, some people just don't have a sense of humor. Is that your problem? And Pacey says, that's me. I'm humorless. He's like real straightforward with it too. Like his facial expressions are very, you know? Yeah, he's like giving him every clue that he's going to like fuck him up. (laughs) He's not playing around, that's for sure. And this is the point where the two boys look over at him and try to be like a muscle. But I was like, he's wearing a turtleneck. Like, how can you take him a sweater turtleneck of all things? I was like, how can you take that seriously? A tan turtleneck sweater of all things. And he had that weird 90s blonde hairdo. It was so weird. I don't get it. So then Pacey tells him that he wants Matt to apologize and then turn himself in by the end of the day because he messed with someone that he cares about. So now we cut to Dawson who goes and checks the mural again. He's disappointed because he sees that it's still the same. So our next scene is a fight scene between Pacey and Matt. Fight, fight, fight. So Pacey throws Matt up against his car. Well, they have like small talk first, right? And then Pacey gets like aggressive. Yeah, he does. Because Matt's trying to be like a smart ass. Like extreme aggression. Yeah. So he grabs him by like his collar and he throws him up against the truck. He's so manly. (laughs) (laughs) So tough. And Matt doesn't seem scared at all. He does he's like he even says that he knows that his dad is the chief of police or whatever. He's like, Oh, you know who I am now. Good. Exactly. Matt tells him that he actually did it at that point. And Basie says, So now what are you gonna do about it? And he looks at Pacey and he says, he's going to apologize. So then Pacey lets him go and Matt turns and cold cocks him. It's like he was being a bitch. Like he didn't even see him. He's a coward. Yeah, he 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 wasn't looking. Right. Um, Which is fine because Pacey kicks his ass. (laughs) Oh, he does. He literally picks Matt up and throws him over a car. Yeah, dude. Slams into another car. He totally hit his head when when he when he body slammed him and threw him and he like like uh, his back hit the concrete. His head hit the ground. I was like, ow! Oh, did it? I I felt that that. shit. I was waiting to see blood on the ground or something. The fact that he only got like a messed up face (laughs) was a little disappointing because to me it looked like he hit his head when he went back. I was like, oh damn! There's a concussion. (laughs) <laughs> i only remember when he threw him up against the other car and he he, he threw like him over the car and then they're on the other side of the ford taurus because that's what that was <laughs> <laughs> thank you so they're between the ford and the taurus and whatever else and i don't know exactly what happened but something happened and pacey literally picked him up and threw him on the ground mm-hmm. before he jumps on him and starts you know punching him for real right. But when he went, they show you the close up of him hitting the ground. And I swear he hit his head on the on the blacktop. I swear because I cringed. I was like, oh, I have to go back and watch it. Like I instantly went to my back of my head. I swear that's what he hit first was his head. I was waiting for this guy to be like dazed, confused and, you know, bleeding from his head. <laughs> no, he's still doing dialogue. For. Either that or I'm watching way too many dramas. So Principal Green drives up and he's honking his horn. He catches them fighting and he's not happy. He's like, on your feet, get to my office now. <laughs> I was pretty impressed because Pacey let off real, real easy. Like they were like in 
the throes of anger, you know, hitting each other and stuff. And all the principal did was honk his horn, step out and be like, yo. And they both just stopped. I'm like, that's well, I think because usually, I mean, I've seen school fights and like I've seen teachers have to go in and pull kids off of each other. And the fact that all that principal did was like stand at his car and yell at them was impressive to me. <laughs> Don't you think that he was that maybe Pacey just sort of like realized what he was doing and he was like, This isn't me? No, I don't think that crossed his mind. Oh, he has no regrets about hitting him at all, even when later when they're sitting in their trial, right? And he's waiting for his turn, (laughs) another trial. Um, and he's sitting, you know, behind Dickhead and yeah, his arms are real relaxed and calm, and he's just watching the show. This he has no fucks to give. He does not care because what he did was, you know, him standing by his his gumpsha, I guess. I don't know. I I don't think that he regretted that fight at all. Pacey does not regret that. All right. I think I think you're right. I think I am too. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're in the um principal's office. Andy catches principal green before he returns to pacey and matt and she tells him that she wants to resign from the disciplinary committee mm-hmm. and he's like like i don't have time to deal with this right now andy like i got bigger fish to fry like what the fuck do you want fish to fry i got bigger fish to fry <laughs> and she tells him that she thinks he thinks she's someone she's not someone with unwavering integrity <laughs> and she clearly does not have that and he's like, can we just talk about this later at length? And she says, there's really nothing more to discuss. And then she leaves. Like, she's so dramatic. She's so mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I can't discuss any, any more of this. <laughs> I'll write it in a letter. <laughs> I'll give it to you later. <laughs> we can't discuss it anymore. <laughs> and then I'll watch you read it because I can't actually tell you in person. I know. It's so funny. And then she even rats out her friends, like, kind of. Like, who else would, would they be, you know? Who else, yeah, who else is she friends with? Come on now. <laughs> so she leaves and he's literally shaking his head at her like, like this bitch. So then we see that Principal Green calls in Dawson and Matt's best friend named Dave. Because Pacey and Matt aren't talking about anything. They're not like giving anything up. So Pacey and Matt both tell their friends not to say anything because Principal Green's like, they better speak up and fast. So then Dawson actually says that it's all because of the mural. And Pacey's like, shut the fuck up, Dawson. This is not your fight. (laughs) And Dawson's like, it's not yours either. So Matt says that he didn't go anywhere near that thing, as if he could give two shits about some stupid Chinese drawing. And Dawson says, well, if you didn't go anywhere near it, how'd you know what it was? So then Matt's like, oh shit, I'm an idiot. And then he says, anyone could have looked at it. She's been working on it for weeks. And Dawson says, yeah, at night and before school, but it's been sealed up like a drum. And Matt's like, this is like really ridiculous now. And Dawson says, if you didn't give a rat's ass, as you say, then why would you go through all the trouble of finding out what it was? And Pacey's like, check the floor, Caulfield. You've painted yourself into a corner. So Matt's like, all right, yeah, I did it. I'm a fucking asshole prick. I did it. Okay. (laughs) I did it. It was me. It was me. It was me. And he says, Why do I have to look at some trivial girl's message to the masses every morning? Frankly, it offends me. And Green says, possibility is offensive to you. And Matt says, I'm white and I'm rich. That's all the possibility I need. And I was like, what a fucking scumbag. He's so gross. 
Yeah, that was the scene. They And then we cut to Jack and Andy. They're eating dinner. She's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell Mr. Green. And Jack's like, don't do it. Don't do it. She's like, I have to for myself. I'm going to cry my eyes out. I have to do it. So annoying. So then, um, yeah, she says, I want to be free again. It's the only way. So dramatic. So now we cut to Pacey at Doug's. He has a steak on his face. <laughs> do you remember that old, like, people would always put steak on their face in movies? to like help with the bruising or whatever i was always yeah i never really seen people use like actual raw meat not covered i'm like just use a bag of frozen peas like why are we doing this i never understood it and i was I like i never understood putting raw meat on your face either i just and doug literally comes to jake's it off his face and he's like uh that's my dinner i'm eating it with a red wine baronese <laughs> every word that came out of doug's mouth this episode was like why are they doing this to you because <laughs> all of a sudden now that you're not in uniform everything yes everything that was coming out of his mouth was just a little too much like it was always Jamie. some kind of description on something that no straight man would ever say <laughs> Jamie, i thought the same thing it's because like when he's in his uh uniform he tries to be so tough and stuff but when he's not He's so gay. It's so yeah. funny. He's home alone. I thought the he's same his thing. Brother, so he's like more comfortable to be himself and not this macho, you know, whatever he's trying to be. I know. I'm just like. That's so funny that you said no that. I wonder why Pacey's thing. been saying this since the beginning. And now we actually get to see Dougie outside of his, uh, his uniform. Well, I mean, Pace, they've been brothers forever, so I'm sure Pacey has seen things that Doug we, probably will never like. We, as the viewers, never really got a full experience of Doug right. outside of who he's trying to portray. You know what I mean? We never got to see what Pacey sees until today. Yeah. So funny. Mm-hmm. So we see Joey show up, and she calls him a bonehead. And Pacey tells her that he was right. It was Caulfield. And she says, how does that let you off the hook? And Basie says, because the guy deserves whatever he gets, preferably his silver spoon shoved up his ass. And Joey's not happy. And Basie's like, I can't win. I can't win with you. She says that he completely overreacted to the situation. And she tells him that if he's going to throw away a future, then do it on his own account. So Pacey says, don't think I ever cared here. I was only ever doing Dawson a favor. And she's like really confused now. And he says, yeah, looking out for you. Think back like the beginning of the school year. And he's being kind of like a jerk. Mm. She says, so you guys just traded me off like some baseball card? Um, Pokemon card. Get it right. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> she says, is that what this is about? And she goes, I thought we were. And he goes, you thought we were what? Did you see how he kind of like got a little bit excited? Like he perked up a little. His eyes got big. He's like, you thought we were what? Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. What? <laughs> but then she says, before. I guess I thought something else, Pacey. And I was like, that's what I meant. Like, is she like trying to tell him that I don't maybe know. they're on the same page? I see what you mean, though. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what I got from it. Like, maybe she started to like see him differently because there's always these like cute smiles they give each other when they're by themselves. It's almost like they have their own like language sometimes. And, you know, they have been spending all this time together. So. That's what I got from it. So she leaves and she looks really sad or he looks really sad. We cut to Caulfield's disciplinary hearing and he's like, it was just a mural. And Principal Green says it was more than that. 
And he's like, you are not above the law. You're a rich, white, spoiled fucking asshole. And you are getting expelled. (laughs) And he says, do you have any idea what my father's going to say about this? And Principal Green says, I have a very good idea what he's going to say. And Caulfield just smirks. We see that Joey and Dawson are waiting outside for Pacey. And Joey says that the way things are going, you should have asked me to look out for him, which I thought was such a funny line. And he says, excuse me? And she tells him that she knows all about the little wife swapping arrangement. And he's like, that's not what it was about. And you know it. And it was months ago. And things were very different between us, Joey. She says, I didn't ask for your pity, Dawson. He says it wasn't about pity. He couldn't be there and he wanted someone that she could turn and talk to. She says, well, it would be nice if that someone had genuine concern. And Dawson reminds her where Pacey is at this very moment. He asks her why she's casting aspersions on people who obviously care about her. He says, Pacey's a lot of things, but do you really doubt that he doesn't care about you? And she doesn't answer. She just sort of like looks down. So this is Andy's like good, her swan song. her swan song she's like packing up her locker she's taking a long walk to principal green's office um but we cut to pacey he's um he's out of his meeting and he's in a good mood so he tells dawson that he's going to be a part of the capeside mentoring program which reminded me of the little kid jonathan lipnicki doesn't he become like a mentor to him in like a future episode the little blonde haired kid i think so yeah, that's yeah, what I was like. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was like, wait, why was he in that episode? Oh, he's a mentor. <laughs> Things are actually making sense on this show now. Yay. <laughs> so then Dawson calls him out about keeping a secret. And he's just like, Yeah, about that. Sorry, I had to. I was being a jerk. So we cut to Andy in Principal Green's office. He's reading the letter she wrote and he's not happy. She's being very dramatic. And he's like, what do you want me to do here, Andy? Like, I have to call the fucking school board now. I have to call the testing station. Like, you lied on your practice test. You can't even get this grant anymore. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to say? And she's like, well, I heard Matt Caulfield got expelled. And he's like, you're nothing like him. He's a fucking arrogant piece of shit, spoiled rich kid. And she's like, but so am I. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, but you actually care about things. And um, he's like, look, I'm going to let you off the hook. I'm going to figure out what your punishment will be. And then I realized, oh, because at one point she goes, I cheated. I need to be punished. And I was like, now at this point, this is just some weird kink for Andy, where she's like, you know, with Pacey, like, I cheated. Tell me what to do. Tell me what my punishment is, Pacey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not wrong, though. She's like, Principal Green, give me my punishment. And he's like, get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> um, She's like, thank you, Mr. Green, Principal Green. I keep calling him Mr. Green. Thankfully, that storyline's over. But... We cut to Joey. We see her walking down Cape Sides, empty school hallway. She's wearing her painting outfit, her overalls. And she's got paint stains all over them. And she's got her headband again. And she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint my mural again. I'm going to do this. I got the keys to the school. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and um, we see Pacey painting over the old mural. 
And she's like, what on earth? And he tells her that it, he thought it would be good if she started with a blank canvas. Like, obviously, what is she going to do? Like, just repaint it? Like, it's common sense, Pacey. And she asks him who told him that she was repainting the mural in the first place. And he says, oh, you know, some guy I just met on the street, your typical do-gooder type. So I was assuming it was Dawson Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, so are you going to thank me? And she's like, for what? And he says, for a matter of things. Defending your honor, bucking the system. And she says, for tilting at windmills while in the throes of a misguided hero complex. And I was like, I didn't even understand that line. Tilting at windmills. I don't get it. Me neither. She tells him that if she was going to thank him for anything, it would be for being himself and for not caring what anyone else thinks and for knowing in your heart what's right and what's wrong and for being there for her this year when she needed it the most. So Pacey like smiles at her and he's like, you're welcome. Which I thought was really cute. Like they're having another moment. She says, be honest. Was the only reason that you were hanging out with me because Dawson asked you to? And he says, yep, that's the only reason. And she says, you need to get a life. So then they both laugh and they continue to paint over the mural together. And we see Dawson come out of a class and he stops and he notices the two of them painting the mural and he just looks over and he just sort of smiles. And um, that's the end of the episode. We cut to the end credits. And next week, it's Too Green with Love, which is going to be his swan song. (laughs) The rich white people of Cape Sat are going to kick him out of town. It's weird. But yeah, that was the episode. That was Crime and Punishment. We get more of the Pacey and Joey thing happening. And we get race, racists in this episode. (laughs) And, um, you know, a big fight between Pacey and a racist. But Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I did too. I just, I mean, aside from all the other plot points and stuff that was happening, I just, this is around the time where I really started to hone in on the relationship that's growing between Pacey and Joey. And I'm so excited for this because it's getting better and better. He's getting more reactive. Joey even expressed a little bit of a hint, you know, regarding whatever is growing between them, even though she has a boyfriend right now. Um, Does she though? yeah i know right (laughs) the guy that we don't hear anything about um so i'm excited i can't wait for the next couple of episodes like i said this this season is one of my favorite seasons just because of we get to really watch the their their relationship bloom and then oh i'm so excited between this one and then most of next up next season it's gonna be so good i have to tell you though like i'm really happy that i'm experiencing it um i'm experiencing it now as opposed to back then because it really was it really was a season I did not really get into, but watching it now, I'm like, oh, it's really good. Like there was so much unevenness in the beginning, but when it gets down to the basic of what the season's about, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I, I really am enjoying to see the like beginning of their relationship, how it's like starting. Like they make all these, like they have all these like little cutesy scenes together, but it's not like, uh, over the top or anything it's really subtle i feel like the relationship yes. it's subtle and i think that's what i like about it more because it's not like a uh this amazing passion that you know hits you all at once and sets you up and then knocks you down and drops you on your ass you know what i mean their relationship started as like a, just an innocent friendship that they didn't even like each other and it's grown um and it just gets better and better it's it's fan- i just like their relationship i feel like it's more natural yeah i'm really enjoying it um but yeah other than that 
I just wanted to once again say thanks for entering our one year anniversary giveaway. Um, yes. And look for some more, you know, expansions on the Creek Talk podcasts. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jamie, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your bookstagram? Well, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, shame on you, but that's okay. So I am at Lynn underscore book lover. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Creek Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. You can also send us an email with any feedback or any type of story you would like us to read on our next episode at creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. Just go to our link tree in any of our bios and you can find all of our links there. And if you're feeling generous, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it. All right. Well, we hope everybody has a great weekend. Thank you for listening. And we will be back next week with an all new episode of Creek Talk Podcast. Bye. Bye. God, the levels of excitement are so low right now.